Open them up to Proverbs 4. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not, say oh man. All right, no, because uh, I'm not. All right. All right, here we go. Proverbs 4, 23 says this. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. How many of you experienced spiritual warfare coming here today? I mean, seriously, you didn't want to come here today. I mean, there was every excuse in the book not to come today. And you almost gave in. Oh my, wow, great, we got a group of excited people here then wanting to hear the word. Uh, Luke chapter 8 now, go to Luke 8, and let's read verses 4 through 15 here. It says, and when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke a parable, he is capitalized, the H is capitalized, talking about Jesus. He said, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up, and it choked it. Say choked. Mm. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried. Now, think about this. Jesus, it's saying when, after he said that, it said, basically, Jesus raised his voice and said these words. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That must have been a pretty important statement there. Amen? Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, seeing that they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this. So now he's going to go on and explain this thing. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But... The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. Now, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity." But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and, underline it, good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Now, today I've entitled this message, Keep Your Heart with All Diligence. Now, think about what Proverbs 4.23 said. Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it, spring or flow the issues of life think about it now everything you're going through in life the way you react to situations the way you react to circumstances the emotions the baggage that you're carrying now it all stems from your heart now there's some in here today some watching online around the world listening on the radio and internet You're holding on to a lot of baggage in your heart from your past. And the sum total of everything that that has happened to you in life that you have not dealt with yet is who you are right now. Because out of the heart spring or flows the issues of life. Think about this. So, who you are today, like I said, how you react in situations and circumstances, all come from the condition of your heart. Not the physical pump. You hearing me? 
talking about your spirit, man. So today I want to pull out some points that the Holy Spirit has given me to share with you this morning from the parable of the sower. It's so important because that parable deals with the heart. If your life is a mess right now, it's because your heart is a mess right now. Now, what is a parable? A parable is defined as a short narrative or story that illustrates some aspect of truth. That's a parable. All right? Now, illustrations are very, very powerful. They're an effective tool. Any good teacher, any good professor knows that. that. And Jesus used a lot of parables, didn't he? He used a lot of illustrations. And how, how many of you know he's the greatest teacher of all time? He is the teacher. Amen? All right? And when Jesus walked this earth, he told many parables to illustrate truths about the kingdom of God. All right? He, he is, was, he is the ultimate communicator. All right? But people would come from all over that country to come and hear Jesus talk about the word of God. Jesus seemed to put it in such simple terms. In terms that people could take hold of something and go and they could live it. They could live it out. Listen to me. If you come to this church and you can't take anything home with you when you leave the doors of here, don't come here anymore. Don't come here anymore. Any church for that matter. Are you hearing me? You need to be going somewhere where you can take hold of something from the word of God from every sermon every service and and apply it to your life amen all right so the parable of the sower is a story that illustrates truths about preaching the gospel and the results of doing it all right so luke 8 5 look at that with me here says a sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed some fell by the wayside And it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. The word of God here in this story or parable is referred to as a seed. Say seed. And the person who is supposed to sow seed is the Christian who is sharing the word of God with individuals. All right? You are sharing the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what the word gospel means? Good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news, all right? So now in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, look at that with me real quick. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6, the apostle Paul said these words. He says, I have planted Apollos, or his partner, watered, but God gave the increase, all right? Notice it's interesting. Jesus referred to sharing the gospel or the word of God as a seed. And then the apostle Paul here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, how many of you know the word of God is the word of God, not the word of man. God used man to put his word on paper. They were inspired by the Holy Ghost to do so. But the apostle Paul, he said, I have planted, say planted. And then Apollos Another Christian came along and he watered the seed that Paul planted in the hearts of people. And then it said that God gave the increase. Now listen to me. This is, I want to get this point across to you real clear. We as Christians, we are not to determine who needs to hear the word of God or not. We are just supposed to be obedient to share it. To sow it. Spread seed. That's all we're doing. We're not, we're not supposed to say, well, you know what? They're just not going to receive it anyway, so you know I'm not, I'm not even going to go there with it. No, no, no. Sow it. Sow it. The results, by the way, are not up to us. That's going to free some Christians in here today. The results, it, it's not up to us. It's up to the person that is receiving it. All right, because each person is responsible for their own life. 
Each person has a free will. Amen? So we as Christians, we are just spiritual farmers, you could say, on this earth. We're, we're spiritual farmers for the kingdom of God. All right? We are to plant and we are to water the seed. And then all you're doing is you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with in the hearts of people. That's why it says only God can give that increase. They need the Holy Spirit to work on the individual. There's some people watching online right now. There's some people listening on the radio. There might be someone in here right now. Seeds have been sowed in your heart. The Holy Spirit's been tugging on your heart. But you've been hardening your heart. And the Holy Spirit is saying today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Are you hearing me? So when you plant the seed, when you share Christ with others, you as the sower have no control over how fast the seeds grow. Let me ask you this. In the natural, when you have a garden, you plant a seed. Do you, I mean, you, you plant it, you water it. Do you have any control other than that? No, you don't. You're just a farmer, right? But we need to give God something to increase in the person's life. So if we're not sharing Christ with others, think about this. If there's no planting of the seed of the word, if there's no watering the seed of the word, does God have anything to increase? He doesn't. Now, that just, listen to me here. That, you, you could take this a step further. It goes beyond just having someone receive Jesus as Lord. It goes to, how about divine healing? How about deliverance? How about all of the other benefits that are in Christ? Amen. See? Somewhere along the line, Bruce had someone come along planting the seed that, hey, it's God's will for you to be healed. It's God's will for you to be well. This is not God's plan for your life, Bruce. That cancer is not the will of God. That depression is not the will of God. That addiction in your life, it's not the will of God. Are you hearing me? So it goes, I mean, so it goes with all the truths, all the truths that are in the Word of God. Not just someone coming to Christ, although that is very important. Amen? All right. So the sower is referring to all Christians. And listen to me. If you are a Christian, you are a preacher. You know, so many of these terms have been so twisted and perverted by the world. You know, when you hear the term preacher, in, in this building right now, when you hear the term preacher, who do you think of? Me, because I'm up here and I'm preaching from behind a pulpit, right? But no, all the word preach, what preaching means is just proclaiming. And it doesn't mean to be behind a pulpit, although it's part of it. But anytime you share truths from the word of God, you're proclaiming it. You're preaching it. Say this with me. Say, I am a preacher. You are a preacher. Say, God is counting on me. To plant the seed, to water the seed, to give him something to work with in the hearts of people. So Christians need to start seeing and thinking of themselves as preachers of the gospel. All right? You may not be in the five-fold ministry, all right, full-time ministry, but indeed, think about it. I said it before. You get to go into places that I don't. You are a secret agent for the kingdom of God where you work. See, if I go in all dressed up nice, you know, with the tie, and I walk into a, a factory or something and say, Hey, yo, hey, I want to preach the gospel today right there in the factory. They're going to say, Man, get out of here. I'm going to call the cops. Right? But better yet, Guess what? You're on their payroll. You are on their payroll. 
And think of the opportunities that come your way. People who are lost, who are on their way to hell right now. Think about it. The Bible says this. It says, it is appointed unto a man or a person once to die and then the judgment. You may be around some people. You may be working with some people who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And you know what? There is a time, their time, the end of their life is coming fast. You could go into work on Monday and you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you to share Christ with someone. And guess what? They could get in a car accident and get killed the next day. And if you're not obedient to that, Think about it. If you're not obedient to share Christ. How about, how about, I mean, what if nobody shared that message with Cindy? She had stage four cancer and was healed. Bruce, whoever else. Think about it. Now, now look at the testimony, how they're shaking. They're going to shake this earth for Jesus. Think about it. Now, what do you think the devil's will was for their life? To steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus made it very very clear that the devil's job or purpose or function on this earth is to steal, kill, and destroy. Anything that promotes those things, black and white, it's the devil. Jesus said, I have come to give life, and I've come to give it more abundantly, all right? So if someone was not obedient to share the truth with Cindy or with Bruce, think about it. They would be, they'd be in heaven right now. Praise God for that, right? Well, oh well, okay, yeah, your testimony, that's true. Wow, the mercy of God, amen? The mercy of God. But, I mean, it goes beyond even leading someone to Christ. We need to share the whole word of God with people. Amen? Amen. So people don't miss out on their purpose for what God has for their life. Now, some seed that you sow will fall along the wayside, Jesus said. All right? Luke 8, 12. Look at this. It says, those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and there's a real devil, you know, there is a real devil and he's out to blind. He's out to steal, kill and destroy. Like we said, those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now, don't get tripped up that that is just about someone coming to Christ. It means it. But do you know the word salvation means deliverance, healing? Come on, somebody. How many of you have ever, you've come to a service and, you know, you you heard the word and it stuck with you for a minute and then all of a sudden, boom, it seems like all hell is coming against you in life. And all of a sudden, that thing you were focused on from what maybe I was speaking up here That really caught your ear for a moment. And then you go out and a whole bunch of spiritual warfare starts hitting you. All of a sudden your focus gets off of the word. Guess what happened? The devil came and stole the seed out of your heart. Think about this. That means that some people you share the gospel with, they're going to disregard what they hear. And whatever has been sown, I guarantee you, there, there is no blessing that you're ever going to receive that is not going to be challenged by Satan and evil spirits. None. Friday night, we showed a video, a Bob Larson video, called Spiritual Warfare Prayers. You know what the difference is between just regular, regular prayer and spiritual warfare prayers? On, what, it, on who you're directing it toward. See, there's a time to pray to the Lord, then there's a time to tell Satan where to go. That's spiritual warfare praying, amen? Amen. Using your authority, all right? But if you are an unbeliever here today or watching online, you need to know that there is a real devil, 
who wants to pull you down to hell with him and his demons for eternity. There is a plot against you, and you don't even know it. Well, that's being exposed right now, amen? Look at 2 Corinthians 4. I want to show you something here. 2 Corinthians 4. You know, so many people think, well, you know, that's your religion. If it works for you, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. There's one truth, not many truths. One truth, not many truths, all right? 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. Look at this. It says, but even if our gospel or good news is veiled... It is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, that's talking about the devil, small g, the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. All right? So you got to know, there is a real devil, and he's blinding People from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is deception. It is deception. There's one bad thing about deception. You don't know when you're in it. Until someone comes along and does one of these jobs on you. Whack, 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 whack. You hearing me? Until someone comes along and slaps you in the face with the truth. And there's one source of spiritual truth on this earth. It's the Bible. The Word of God. All right? But listen, true peace and purpose for your life can only be found through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I mean, you know, a lot of times we've all fallen into, uh, into this, trying to lead people to Christ just with the bait of, oh, yeah, your life can be better. Your life can be better. Oh, the blessings, the benefits. Well, you know, that is true. But if there was, some, if there was someone in a burning house right now, to try to get them out of that burning house, would you try to say, hey, hey, uh, got a Snickers bar here for you. Why, why don't you come out? It's a little better, you know, uh. No. What would you do? What would true love do? You're in a burning house. You're on your way to hell. You need to be delivered. And the only one who can set you free is Jesus Christ. He is your only ticket away from hell. Are you hearing me? So, you know, in a sense... Is it true that there's great benefits? Yes, but first and foremost, you need to know if you're an unbeliever, you're on borrowed time right now. You're on borrowed time right now. Because the moment you take your last breath, it's done. Game over. Your eternal destination has been sealed. And some, some might say, well, you know what? All right, whatever. You know, whatever. Yeah, right. Oh, you know, if you're true. You know what? What if I'm right? Guess what? You're going to find out less than a millisecond after your spirit man leaves your body, whether you're taking the elevator up or you're taking it down to hell. That's a pretty big gamble. You know what? I mean, think about this. If I'm, if I'm wrong, which I know I'm not, I don't have nothing to lose. If I'm right, You have everything to lose for eternity. And there's no turning back. Nobody can pray you out of hell. You hearing me? Nobody. There's no waiting room. There's no waiting room. Some seeds will fall upon a rock. Luke 8, 13. Look at that. But... The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. You ever seen someone like that? You ever seen someone like that? 
Man, they get so pumped up and fired up. But there's no root. The friends call him up. Hey, man, I'm going to the bar tonight. You want to come? Sure! You hearing me? There's no spiritual root in the word of God. These Christians really, they, they don't have that, that level of commitment that's needed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Say commitment. See, being a Christian means that you're committed to Christ. Look at John 15, 4. Let me show you something here. John 15, 4 Jesus said these words. He said, abide in me or continue in me. Continue in what I'm telling you to do. Continue in the word of God. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Oh, verse five, let's go down. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Jesus said these words. Jesus is our only source of spiritual life. Only source. He's the vine. He's the life giver. You pull a branch off of a vine, what's going to happen to the branch? It's going to die. It's going to wither. And that's what Jesus was saying about the Christian, that if you don't continue in me, if you're, not, if you're not daily reading, feeding on the word of God, seeking me, setting your heart, setting your affections on me, it's just a matter of time you're going to wither spiritually. Now, do you notice immediately if a branch is taken off a vine, do you, do you see the results immediately right when it's pulled off? No, you don't. But in the process of time, as a person doesn't abide in Jesus, continue in his words. Walk in obedience to his commandments. The withering process has begun. You just don't see it yet. And then, it's, then, you, then you see the signs of it, trust me. All right? But Jesus said that without abiding in him, plugged into the vine, we will not bear any fruit in our lives. There will be no accomplishment that is long-lasting or worth anything apart from our personal relationship with him on a daily basis. All right? Look at Colossians 2. Colossians 2. You've got to keep your heart with all diligence because out of it spring the issues of life. Colossians 2, 6. Oh, interesting. The scripture that says that be careful lest a root of bitterness spring up within you. Why? Because do you know that your heart is a garden? Your heart is a garden. Either your heart right now is hard or it's good soil. You hearing me? Root of bitterness. Now listen, the Holy Spirit's laying this on my heart. I don't, I don't even have this in my notes. A, it's interesting that the Bible says that a root of bitterness can spring up. And you know what else it goes on to say? Lest it defiles you. Defiles you. You know what you're doing when you have bitterness in your heart? You're giving place to demons in your life. And with every root, there's always fruit. If there's a root of bitterness there, whether toward your spouse, whoever, someone who has wronged you in life, if there's that root of bitterness, it's going to bear fruit in your life. Cruddy attitudes, even physical infirmities can be caused by a root of bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. Got to deal with it. Some of you are holding on to so much baggage in life. 
it, you, can't, you feel like you can't even break free spiritually. There, it, your heart is so hardened. You hearing me? So, someone needs to hear this. Everyone close your eyes right now, in fact. Just close your eyes. There's some in here even who were abused as children. And some of you right now, you're, you're, your life right now, you're, you're stuck. You're stuck as that angry child. I'm telling you right now, some of you are stuck emotionally as an angry child. Fear has gripped your life. Anxiety has gripped your life. Rejection. The devil's having a field day in your life. But Jesus can set you free. Jesus said he came to heal the broken hearted. And some of you here watching online, listening to me on the radio right now, your heart has been shattered. And like, like I said, many of you are holding on to things even from childhood. Childhood. Elizabeth and I have ministered deliverance and emotional healing to people, I mean, in their 70s, 80s. And when we talk about issues in their life and dealing with, many times more than not, it's traced back to something that happened in their childhood. Whether a wrong relationship with their parents, someone abused them, someone molested them. This is an epidemic, people. Now listen to me. So many people, you know, there, there, there's some preachers who will say, well, you know, you j- just get over it. Just get. Well, the problem is, all you are doing, all that's encouraging people to do is just put a mask on it, but it doesn't heal anything. See, there, there's too many preachers that are cosmetologists. We need some surgeons. People are trying to put makeup on these things, trying to make it look pretty. When really, they're walking around, they're sitting in the pews, in the chairs every Sunday, and that hurt, that wound is still there. Now, how do you know if that's you? Because if you can't talk, if, if someone brings up something, or you don't want to go there, you don't want to talk about it. I've had people tell me that. Tell me about your parents. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Tell me about your father. How did he abuse you? I don't want to go there. That shows me there is no healing there. There has been no healing there. Are you hearing me? Just like when a dentist is probing around with that sharp thing in your mouth, looking for cavities, and when he touches that sucker, you about jump out of that chair. How does he know there's a cavity? Cavity? Because there's pain there. Are you? Come on. So what do we do when we're in our counseling sessions and stuff? I encourage people, go there. Go to the point of that pain. Don't avoid it because that's what you've been doing for years. And what do you do? You're treating your wife and children and everyone else that comes in contact with like junk. Some of you said, I'm never going to be like my father. I'm never going to be like my mother. Don't look now but you are acting like them. Why? Because you never dealt with the pain. You never dealt with the pain. So I encourage people, go there. Let's, let's just go there. Let, let's rip the scab off of this thing. Are you hearing me? Let's go there, feel the pain, and let's apply scripture to it now. Because really, people's hearts are too hardened. If they're going through this for years and trying to mask it, you try giving them scriptures, it's not sinking in. And you want to know something else? Let me, let me give you a little tip on deliverance ministry stuff. 
The devil is where the pain's at. Think about this. The devil is where the pain's at. You wouldn't believe a lot of times when we've been ministering to people and we, we, someone is going to that point emotionally, a demonic spirit pops right up and manifests. Why? Because the devil is hiding in that pain in that person's life. Why am I going off on this tangent? Because someone needs to hear this. And if you think that Christians are exempt from this stuff, sorely mistaken. Sorely mistaken. Just hang out with me in, my, in our deliverance and counseling sessions. Because I guarantee you after, you, after you hang in there and watch some of these things or listen to some of these things, you'll start to think, there's really this many people hurting in the body of Christ? The body of Christ is in shambles. Why? Because we told people, just forget about it, move on. And not only that, but we've told people, hey, Christians, you know, they can't be demonized in any area of their life. If, if a person has a demon, they're not a Christian. Well, you know what? That just beats them down even more. That just beats them down even more in their life. You know what? That, you know what it is? Just another kick in the butt for them. That's all it is. Just another rejection. You hearing me? See, it's time to get real. It is time to get real. Where the rubber hits the road here. I, 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 I've been working in this for 10 years in the deliverance ministry. And dealing with counseling people with, with big issues. And I'm telling you right now. In the, in the name of faith talk. In the name of faith talk. We have kicked people. And not ministered to them. Why? Honestly, because it takes work and commitment to work with people who have deep issues like that. And frankly, a lot of pastors don't want to get their hands dirty in it. I, I'm serious. Nobody is exempt from this. The, the unbeliever all the way to the believer. There are deep wounds in the soul emotions of people that need to be dealt with boy i just i feel like camping out on this because it is so real it is so real in the in in the body of christ see the body of christ christians are not perfect Christians are not perfect. Forgiven, yes. Perfect, no. Um, but I just, my goodness. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would touch every person in this place Every person watching online right now, right now. See, for a person to be able to open up to someone, they have to feel safe. It has to be a safe place. You're in a safe place right here. And I just want to encourage you, don't put makeup on this monster anymore. Don't put makeup on this monster because your life is just a cycle. It's just a cycle because you're not dealing with this thing. You know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, probably 80% of the healing, I don't know, I'm just throwing that out, 80% of the healing from past issues is just sharing the experience, telling someone about it. 
You know what I'm saying? Because there's so many things that we're all ashamed of in our lives, right? We've all done junk that's, it's like, what'd I do that for? You know? But just unloading it. Some of you are holding on to things you've never told anybody. And it still rides you. It's still in your suitcase. Right? James says to confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Uh, The Holy Spirit is showing me that there's some people in here or listening to this message. You say, yeah, but I, I told God about it. And the Holy Spirit says, no, I've been prompting you to talk to someone about it. Someone else, another Christian about it. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Come right up here. Oh, Holy Ghost is moving now. My goodness. This is a slap in my face right here, by the way. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. That's all right. Take your Um, time. Pastor's talking about confession. Um, Three years ago in October, my children aren't aware of this, so I haven't confessed to anyone here, Um, but I had the generational curse of lying and adultery over my life. Um, My dad's dad, my dad, my brother, myself, and I all were adulterers. My dad had had an affair with my stepmom for, he was, I am an identical twin. And the day before my sister and I were born, my dad was with my stepmom. And um, (laughs) of course, we never knew this. Um, Thursday night was drinking night. If he didn't come home, he stayed at the, where he worked or whatever, you know. Um, Constantly come home and uh, tear my mom apart. My mom has the root of bitterness in her life. She can't, it's hard for her to forgive. And I can understand when somebody lies to you like that for so long. Um, Three years ago, well, let me start here. My husband and I, it'll be 11 years in October that we've been married. Um, Praise God. Um, The first, the first, before our second anniversary, I left him had an affair with a boyfriend for four months. He prayed me home. Would you like to join me up here? (laughs) Um, And he prayed me home. I came home. I loved him the way that I knew how, but I didn't love him like God wanted me to. Um, And so he knew what I had done. We got through it. Thought he was going to kill me. (laughs) Um, We worked our way through it. Um, but still, I didn't know that I had those curses over my life. I did not know that there was such a thing as a generational curse. Um, well, three years ago in October, <laughs> I had had an online affair with a guy that I had gone to school with from kindergarten. <laughs> okay, um, We never did anything physical. However, it was emotionally I was attached to him. I went home four or five times to see him and hang out at the bar with my friends and my sister and him. Um, And uh, like I said, we never did anything physical, but when you are attached to somebody emotionally, that is still an affair. We talked about things we shouldn't have. Um, We were always talking. And I was not loving my husband. I was not attached to him. There was nothing. I was there because I had nothing else. I had nowhere else to go. Um... And finally, you know, I've, always, I've always believed in God. I never knew that, you know, he wanted a relationship with me. Didn't know about generational curses. Well, he had been pulling at me and pulling at me. And I knew what I was doing was wrong. I knew it. But I couldn't stop. And one night or one day, I had been complaining about how controlling my husband was, again, to a friend of mine. And Nancy, you all know, who's here. She's my spiritual mother. Um, she, um, 
had called while I was talking to this friend about my husband and bashing him, and she said to me, um, Brandy, I just wanted to let you know that the Holy Spirit has laid you on my heart, and I'm praying for you. And I said, what are you talking about? You know, because every time I see Nancy, I'm smiling, I hug her, hi, how you doing? And she's, I said, what do you, what do you, how do you know anything's wrong with me? And she says, the Holy Spirit will reveal those things to us. And I just want you to know I'm here for you, and I love you. I said, okay, well, I can't talk right now, but I will call you when I can. And my friend, I had been watching her child this day, and she left, and I called Nancy back, same thing. I was complaining to, Paul, to her about Paul, and I don't know what happened, but at that moment, I got off the phone with her, and I hit the floor on my knees in the living room, and I said, God, I'm done. I don't want this anymore. I just want you. I want my husband. I want my family. But please do not make me have to tell Paul because I'm done. It'll be over. Our, our marriage will it'll be done. I did not want that for my kids. I didn't want them going back and forth. I didn't want, I didn't want that. So I gave it to God. I emailed the guy that I had been talking to, and I said, I'm done. I want my marriage. I want my family. I want my God. I can't do this anymore. That was it. Sent it. I was done. My friend Carrie came back to our house later that day, and Paul, God, God knows everything. And um, Paul had to go pick up our other daughter from school. Well, I thought that he had left, and my friend Carrie was standing there with me, and I said, Carrie, I have to tell you something I haven't told you because I know what you would say. But today, I, I got on my knees, and I, I gave an affair that I was having to God. I said, I don't care if I ever see this guy or talk to him again. I said, I'm done. I said, I sent him an email and told him that was it. I'm done. I said, and I can't tell you how free I feel, how much weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Unknowingly to me, my husband walks out of the back room and says, well, you just lost your internet. That was it. That was all he said, and he left. And my mouth dropped. But needless to say, um, God is great, and he knew that without my husband knowing, I would still be being held in that bondage. And we would not be able to have the marriage that we have. My husband and I, I've never known anyone to have a marriage like ours. From that day, we confessed everything from childhood that nobody else knew. We confessed to each other. We confess every thought. We confess a look or even if it's not, uh, I mean, if somebody looks at me or says something to me, I tell them this, this happened to me today or a, a dream that I have. And the things that God has done in our marriage in the last three years has been so amazing. And it's only something that God can do. Amen. And just like Pastor said, you have to confess to someone in order to truly be set free truly be set free. Praise God. I have my husband and we, our family is together and I love him and respect him with the kind of love that God give, loves me, that God has given me to love him. And I am so thankful for that. You know, it changes you. And people that have seen, that know me and see me since then didn't know my story. They say, there's a glow about you. What's different about you? You need to know my testimony. <laughs> so praise God. He is so good. Wow. Yep. No kidding. That is a powerful testimony. The Holy Spirit's ministering. Uh, marriage problems, simply put, unresolved issues. No doubt about it. Amen. Let's stand up in this place. You know, keep your heart. Guard your heart. Protect your heart. Keep your heart tender before the Lord. For out of it springs the issues of life. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I'm not going to sit up here stand up here and try to bait you in with all the benefits what i am going to tell you is without jesus it's hell i mean just plain and simple if you've never made jesus lord of your life he is the only one he is the one that took the punishment for your sin he shed his blood on the cross 
He was raised from the dead so you could live forever with Him. If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life today, I want you to meet me by the drum set and I want to pray with you personally. Maybe there's some in here you've fallen away. The seed that has been sowed in your life, it was on the rock. Your, your heart was hard. It was on the rock. There is no root in you. It went along the wayside. If you want to rededicate your life to Jesus today, I want you to meet me by this drum set. And I want to pray with you. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, the Bible experience, not Pentecostal, not charismatic Bible experience with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism to be a powerful witness for Jesus. That is the missing ingredient in many Christians' lives. I want you to meet me by the drum set. Maybe you need a prayer for healing, physical healing, emotional healing. Maybe today is the day you want to confess some things. Maybe you need prayer for that. I want you to meet Elizabeth and I up here today. The rest of you can praise the Lord at the seat or at the altar here. me here. 
I have one up here, couple up here. Real quick here. Uh, Kathy Richardson, she sent me an email about a baby named Olivia, and she had a seizure. And uh, she's in the pediatric ICU, and she's on a breathing machine right now. So, Father, we speak healing right now over that little baby, Olivia. We command her brain to be healed. We command every chemical in her brain to be normal. In the spirit of infirmity to come out of that baby right now. And Lord God, that your presence would encamp and surround Olivia right now in that hospital room. In the name of Jesus. Now, Stephen, uh, Stephen Huss, Bill Huss's brother, he uh, has been having some problems here with water on his lungs. 
and, and heart issues. So right now, Lord, we lift up Stephen to you. And Lord God, we just pray that right now your Holy Ghost would touch his heart. The anointing would flow through every part of his body. That the water on his lungs right now would be released right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just pray for a total healing miracle for Stephen, Lord God. We command every infirmity, every disease to come out of his body. And we declare, just as we did over Bruce, that Stephen will live a long, healthy, and an abundant life in the name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for watching today. Tune in next Sunday. Same place, revivalchristian.org. God bless you. All right, everyone. Have a great week. We will see you Wednesday. There's no video. We're just going to have fellowship because we're getting some sound equipment worked on. So we're just going to have food at 6 o'clock Wednesday. Be there or I'll eat your plate. Okay, see you. <laughs>